Welcome to the Sherlock's Team Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Joel Cardona and Heather Steele. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Have you guys been outside today? Yes, and I've got some new freckles to show for it as well. <laughs> oh, nice. I know. I think by the time the podcast comes out, it won't be nice anymore. So oh, is that the plan? That is the weather plan, yes. Um, how are you guys? How are your weekends? Uh, yeah, I mean, uneventful. We keep... I guess while lockdown is still or was or st- whatever still in place, just trying to get like some last annoying DIY tasks done before like we're actually allowed to do stuff at the weekends. But yeah, it just feels like the last few weeks. I don't know if I'm just being like over ambitious, but yeah, I just feel like all the stuff I actually want to do never quite works or never quite happens. So then you end up getting to Sunday night feeling like really grumpy because you haven't actually done what you wanted to do. So yeah, I kind of feel a bit like, ugh. but I was until the sun came out. Well, you've got a big housing project. I'm not going to lie. It's quite overwhelming and it's definitely more of a project than I realised. I, I don't really know quite like. what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's nothing that's like structural. I mean, not nothing massive anyway. Um, but it's like, this could be a full-time job in itself. I hadn't really prepared myself for this, but it's really fun. I feel really lucky and it's a really fun thing to focus on. So I, I really get that as well. well. I don't know if we've talked about this on podcasts before. So for those who don't know, you and you and your fiance have just bought a house a little bit outside of London. It's quite far. It's an, it's like the drive is an hour and a half from Clapham. So it's, it feels very far. Hmm. It's kind of, it's, it's on the East Grinstead train line. So it's about 25 miles um, outside of London. Tell us about it. What is there to do? What's on the list? Like where do you even start with the Renault? I wouldn't really say it's a Renault. I'd say it's more like a deco Renault, like just painting and like sorting out his really questionable decor. And actually, um, it was so nice when we when we finally got the keys. He he kind of offered to give us a tour. So basically, he bought this cottage in like, I think it was like early nineties and knocked it down and rebuilt it. So it's it's kind of oh, it was. And then he said so he rebuilt it in nineteen ninety eight. Um, so it's like new but also old. And he's he's an incredible kind of builder guy. So he it's obviously his baby. So he was so keen to like show us around. And I thought it was going to be like oh you know this door you know it takes a bit of a lot you know this kind of this is how you do the lock and this is how you do the boiler I mean we were there for like two hours and he was like showing us around this house bless him but that's amazing because so so often you'll move and, and you just have no idea about anything so we had no idea where the gas meters were and we kept getting the new people being like we need a gas meter reading and we finally found it, it was like outside the basement flats front door but like down these windy stairs where you just had no idea that that's where they were exactly so it's really useful but you know he was showing us around the, be- the bedroom and he was like oh yeah I love this room you, you probably won't want to touch this bedroom I was like mate you kidding have you seen oh, the color of it but yeah no so it's just a lot of painting really um it's a really cute kind of four bed um semi-detached with a nice garden and at the end of the garden it's got the most amazing I think he was into like, motorbikes because it was his I'm going to see it it was like full of bikes um and it was his workshop um but he basically built that to he was gonna I think it was he was gonna make it into a granny annex like for his dad he was really ill and then his dad sadly died so he never actually had time to kind of make it into more of a house as opposed to a workshop so that space is currently like a building site and then we're gonna make it more into something so that is probably more of the kind of planning yeah exactly but again like that isn't I kind of want to like click my fingers and it all to be done and but I appreciate that's probably something that doesn't really need to be done urgently that's so exciting exactly exactly you know how how are you splitting your time currently are you there full-time how you know we're going back to the office for a few days a week you know later in the month once we're allowed so kind of what what will you do what will your lifestyle be so our plan is to kind of keep this flat in London as as long as we can financially it makes zero sense but I kind of don't want to be so far out when things kind of get back to normal and all the fun resumes um I'll be that person being like sorry guys gotta go and get the last train home um so tr- I'm gonna try and keep this as much as I can and the plan is I think 
to kind of do Mondays to maybe like Wednesday or Thursday in London and then head back there for like to spend long. I mean, the, the commute is so doable, um, but I kind of want to like find the balance a bit, I think. I mean, so beautiful, the best of both worlds. I know, I'm really, really excited, really excited. And I think, you know, in terms of the painting and stuff, like we made like a massive list of like, it's like three pages of everything that needs to be done. And like, we've gone, I've got like priority one, which is like painting the bloody purple bedroom and <laughs> doing the bathroom. I mean, dream, that, that will be a matter of weeks, surely. I hope so. I hope so. We're going, we're working there on Wednesday. We're meeting a decorator just to get some quotes for the painting. And oh my God, also, I had no idea where to start when it comes to doing up a bathroom. Heather, did you do your bathrooms? What no, like? we haven't. It's kind of, it's tiled like everywhere apart from the ceiling and it's, it's fine. It's not what I'd have chosen, but we're, we're just saving up to do it basically so I haven't even uh, the kitchen is my priority in terms of like we've done everything else ourselves but yeah the kitchen is what we're saving towards at the moment so once that's done I'll turn to the bathroom so yeah I can't offer you any tips on that I'm afraid I had what's so overwhelming I literally like do you go to the shop and buy like a bath and a loo and like then get someone else to fit it or like yeah you can plan it for you I just had no idea. I mean, I know now. What do you do to, or anyone, anybody? Because um, I don't know. Like I say, we've done everything ourselves. But like, if you can't afford like an interior designer, it's like anywhere you can go to just get like one person to kind of all give you rough quotes for just how much general jobs will cost across your space. I was thinking the same. I was like, I really want an interior designer. I can't manage this. And there are so many new services that like exist to do exactly that. I mean, I think that you can pay something like, it depends on who the person is, but anywhere from like 200 to 600 pounds per room. Um, and they can like create mood boards for you and like help you plan it like in like a little kind of floor plan thing. I think um, some of the paint companies do that as well. You know, Lick, the paint yeah. company. Yes, they will help you like color match your space and, you know, explain to you kind of what sofa would work in what space as well. It's interesting. Cause yeah, I'm not so yeah. much, bothered by that because I quite like doing all that kind of stuff myself but I think it's like what you were just saying before tour it's just just going somewhere so you know you can get a rough accurate quote of how, just how much general jobs cost because there's some things I'm like oh we won't bother getting that done because it'll probably be really expensive but that's just because I assume it is maybe it won't be also I might be really old to this trick but the website house h-o-u-double-z has anyone else gone oh, yes I have heard of that it's like a kind of like trustatrader.com on steroids like you type in what you want and there's like everything um and then you, you give your location that gives you all like re recommended um like tradesmen um but also like loads of it's kind of like pinterest as well like loads of ideas and heather it gives you like they might choose someone's bathroom renovation it says like cost like five to six thousand pounds or it gives yeah, you like, that, that's the kind of okay that's great to know because yeah it's so handy the other thing there is um is a platform called the expert which was launched well it was soft launched i think towards the end of last year and um the founder is a guy called jake arnold and if you guys follow him on instagram he's jake alexander arnold on instagram and he's a um an interior designer he's actually from london um and moved out to la a number of years ago and is like a top 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 interior designer in la he's really big on instagram he's works with you know just so many famous people who's working loads of Chrissy Teigen at the moment. Basically, this platform is like a kind of Rolodex of a hundred of the best interior designers in the world or the most popular on Instagram, the, you know, the people with the interior designers with big followings. And you can basically book a one hour slot with any of them over Zoom to talk through your plans. Wow. It's obviously not cheap because these people are huge, but you know, you might not have the budget to have Jake Arnold 
decorate your entire house, but you can pay a thousand pounds and consult with him for a full hour about a space or a room or whatever. And as I say, there are so many different interior designers on there. I think like Bobby from Queer Eyes on there, like, <laughs> like so many different um, people kind of of all different um, styles and tastes. So if you're looking for just ex- to kind of run a whole load of questions past an expert, then that's what you need to look at, the expert. Interesting. That's amazing. The ones I've come across on Instagram, she's called House Nine Design. Do you know how to follow her? I recognise the name. I feel like I've maybe snooped through the account before, but I don't think I've followed them. Right. Yeah, she's really good. And they, they charge about 600 per room. That's really interesting. Um, what, 600 pounds a room tour mean what, like, as in they'll do mood boards or something? They have three different levels of, like, packages. So I think they they, they do, like, a floor plan with furniture layout, design mood boards with key, for, with like, with furniture selections, colour mm. palettes, fabric suggestions, linked retail shopping lists. And then they give you like one round of revisions and then they kind of constant 24-7 like access to them for like a certain amount of time. That's interesting. Charlotte, what's your situation with house stuff then? Yeah, so as we said, we exchanged last week on ours finally. I, I remember when um, when our house, the, the purchase of that house fell through at the beginning of COVID, I remember just like hysterically being spent. I was like, we're going to still be here this time next year. And he was like, no, we won't. I was like, yes, we will. Anyway, here we are. Still <laughs> Finally, with a bit, with a, yeah light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, so we decided um, to focus on selling this um, and before buying anywhere else. Um, so now we we can touch wood. As long as completion goes through, um, we'll be in a kind of happy position of being chain free buyers, um, which obviously is a nice nice position to be in. So um, we're going to rent for a little while um, and yeah, manage to kind of hook it all up quite quickly. So yeah, you found somewhere because when I spoke to you last week, you were like, we haven't found somewhere to move yet, but we need to move in two weeks. Yeah, I was quite stressed. I think it was towards the end. It was the end of the week before last. Yeah, that I was yeah plussing a little bit, but um, no, got there actually really quickly. I mean, we we've been lucky enough to never rent before um so we're and we're like completely stunned by what the rental market is like like we it moves so quickly it's absurd like we put an offer in on somewhere in maybe like the first week of march and we were usurped by a couple who could move in like that friday and it was tuesday or something. oh my god i'm just so relieved that we found somewhere um just yeah pleasant for the next few months um so that's really exciting and yeah we move on thursday that's so exciting i know i feel so tired and drained um both kind of physically and emotionally we spent the whole weekend um kind of packing up the flat's relatively small and and the only downside to the fact that it's it's newly decorated is there's absolutely no storage there currently so we're going to be living off rails and out of piles of clothes for a little while which makes me feel a bit sick but anyway we'll get I know but it'll be it'll be so worth it so worth it and we've got some outside space there which is great for Scooby and you guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yes um so that's all really exciting but we use a great service there's a, a company called rubbish taxi um and they basically come and collect all your rubbish and they'll take anything like they'll take a bed a fridge when we didn't have things um, that significant to throw away it was more just like we you know we did a big clear out of the kitchen and all, all the kind of junk that accumulates um but they literally just come and they they have scales in the back of their truck and they just whack it all on and charge you by the kilo and oh wow that's amazing there's a cool out fee so um it adds up a little bit but i mean if you ever just need to get rid of a load of stuff and wait, ours was all bitty it would have been really hard to take it to the dump you know it would have been like a hundred yeah. so um yeah i really recommend that was good and then yeah um my 
personal storage facility, aka mum and dad, have received all my winter clothes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. We're basically moving just with like our clothes and the dog. And oh, our- how nice to be there though. Like, even if it's just for the summer, like you'll always remember the summer because you were somewhere different and new. And yeah, that's really nice. It's a bit of an adventure. And yeah, we've moved some, we've moved completely different. We've moved west. So exactly that. We're seeing it as a bit of a kind of spring summer adventure and hopefully we'll be in a house as long as balls keep rolling um kind of by the beginning of the summer one thing that we have done um one thing we treated ourselves to um because we'd be getting outside space for the first time is we bought an egg barbecue the big green egg oh i'm so jealous that's incredible my dad literally nearly had a heart attack when we talked about the house. i don't think my dad's ever spent more than like 40 pounds for barbecue <laughs> um, it's a real investment but we had we had like a little lump sum from our wedding um and we figured that that was quite a good you know, we'd either work, otherwise just spend it on crap. So it was quite yeah, nice. that's a great wedding gift. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so that will be coming in a few weeks. Oh my God. What size did you go for? The, like the sensible small person. Yeah, I was going to say, because some of them are insane. Any Anything to recommend, guys? Have you been watching anything good? Have you been reading anything good? What have you been doing? Last few weeks of lockdown, last chance to binge, fingers crossed. Of course, I've been watching Line of Duty. So that's been my main, my main so what thing. What do you think so far? We've had two so far. Okay, well, it's kind of interesting. I'd be interested to see how you feel about it because I know you only started watching it. Was it this year or end of last year? Yeah. So you've kind of watched it all in quick succession whereas I've sort of seen each series as it's come out so um it was a bit when there's been a few more familiar faces popping up it really is like you almost are like hang on is that so and so rather than I guess if you'd seen it quite recently you'd be like oh there they are but no um yeah I'm enjoying it I mean the first episode was all about like setting the scene for a new set of characters and circumstances whereas the second episode was more sort of harking back to stuff that's happened in the past so yeah I mean I love it to be honest it's got a bit sillier than it was back in the day but you know there are a few you know Hastings saying a couple of catchphrases yesterday so Twitter was going mad with their bingo sheet I was just about to say I've seen lots of line of duty bingo go I must yeah it was a a classic for that if you wanted to get close to a full house but no I'm enjoying it and I think it's come on at the right time I think well I don't think I know uh 9.6 million people watched that first episode which is just mental of people so I think yeah they definitely Definitely did the right thing, kind of putting it out there just before lockdown lifts, reeling people in. And we've got seven episodes this time as well, instead of the usual six. So yeah, I'm expecting lots of good things to happen. Line of Duty, I think I'm going to really struggle to watch it every week. Like, if you, particularly if you've binged it, I think in the past then I, I think I'm just going to have to wait now and binge it all because this is torture to kind of watch it. My, my thing is, though, that I'll find out what happens online. So that's why it's one of those shows like Game of Thrones and other such shows where you almost, I feel, mm. have to watch it on the night or else you'll see something you don't want to see. I was quite nervous. My problem is um, watching Gogglebox, which I love. Yes. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and then I watch it. I'm like, well, now I feel like I've seen every like everything everyone's talking about. Yeah, so that's I don't true. Watch the series. Well, every, sometimes you can watch a whole movie via Gogglebox. You're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's my it's, it's my kind of the, it's how I get my cultural fix on a lot of things. I I love it. I have to say, I was always so anti. I never used to like it. I used to think it was such base television, but I love it. I've got so into it. It's so good. Who, who's love- your favorite? Those girls, the two girls, the two really northern girls. The lead sisters. sisters. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, they're great. Honestly, they, and it goes like deeper than just thinking they're funny. Like I was, 
they're so positive. Like they're such sunny, positive people and everything mm. is just a laugh and everything is a like, oh, screw it. It doesn't really matter. Like they're such a good lesson in not taking life too seriously. Like they really just buoy me a little bit. And Yeah, they're mm. great. How about you, Tor? Have you got faves? I do. Well, the ones I love who haven't made an appearance this series, and I really hope they're okay because of COVID, are the two old, the two old, really old ladies who are like oh, best friends. Oh, I love them. They're kind of like naughty. Yeah, they come out um, with some stuff you're really shocked by even now. You're like, what? <laughs> I like love it. watching. But like you say, uh, it can give away. It, like, it feels like you need to have watched anything you want to watch before you see it because it will give everything away. And also, like, really harrowing stuff. Like, I remember they they watched... Oh, actually, maybe it was on the Celebrity Google Watch. They watched Us, the film. Um, we, we, you know, with that horror movie. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I would never have chosen to watch that movie. And then I'm just casually sitting there watching Gogglebox on a Friday night. <laughs> just completely <laughs> horrible horror characters. Speaking of, actually, have you guys seen the trailer for Antebellum? But it's a new, it's from the producers of um, Get Out and Us. And um, it looks crazy. It's it's a girl who's like stuck in two realities. One, yeah. a black girl, and one is as a slave you know, in the in the deep south in the 1800s. And one is as a modern woman, she's kind of flicking between the two, but it looks really chilling. Like really Janelle Moe, I think, isn't it, who's playing? Yeah, it's happening. In, in that same vein, there's another thing coming out, a series called Them, that looks really similar to us. Um, it's a, a black family who move into a really sort of white suburban neighborhood and all the neighbors turn against them and it like the trailer for that looks horrifying but very good so. it's a really interesting genre we talked about this um we talked about get out a few weeks ago when Lou had watched yeah. it god fascinating and so chilling um chilling oh my god well anything to recommend so i'm actually reading a really good book by jesse burton who i love as an author did you yeah the miniaturist and also the muse i loved for its like spanish setting and her new book the confession, the confession. yeah have you read it heather no uh, i did a my life in books with her though when it came out in hardback and she was very very generous with her answers so i absolutely love her now <laughs> oh she's so i think i've actually waited for it to come out in, in paperback which is why i'm only just reading it now but i i love the way she writes it's so good such an interesting story it's about, uh, it's about a girl who she i think her mum goes missing when she's about or disappears when she's about uh, seven or eight. Um, and then it's not like no, no spoiler, but within the first like chapter of the book, you find out her mom had a relationship with this other woman um, before her, before she was born. And now she's just kind of come across this woman by like searching her, like hunting her down. And I believe she's going to kind of find out the secrets. I think it's like a kind of mother daughter kind of exploring worlds there's obviously like some, some quite big twists to come I was mm. it's good it's really good I stumbled across her on Instagram actually the other um yes last night at oh, Jessie Burton this is not the girl in the book and um she uploaded a thing she uploaded a picture from when she'd finished it and um it was really it was really saddening because you know how you kind of have these kind of whimsical ideas of writing a novel and just think you kind of sit down and bash out a book and actually, and you could see in the background like by her desk she had like every single chapter and every single subplot on a different post-it note and this like really elaborate intricate map of this story and I was like oh it looks like a lot of work to be <laughs> quite such a success. <laughs> I often think that about J.K. Rowling, you know, how did she actually, when she sat down to write the first book, had she planned out like the character and the plot for every single kind of, you know, the whole thing, like the whole empire of like thoughts. It's fascinating. She must have. It ended so beautifully. It's not like a kind of Game of Thrones where clearly the decisions were made kind of towards the end. You know, it, it, it really felt, Harry Potter felt very wrapped up, didn't it? Into kind of a perfect little bow. 
He hasn't even finished Game of Thrones. He's still got his bloody books to write. <laughs> I said waiting for his moment to release his book. He's writing other books. It's like, mate, come on. You're, you're getting on a bit now. Do not leave us hanging. <laughs> I just Can I just really quickly recommend one thing? Um, I did talk about it at the end of the show last week, um, but I'm watching Call My Agent. Oh, um, I want to watch that. Yeah, which is not new, I'm afraid. So that I'm sure there'll be people listening who have watched it already, but um, it's so good. My parents watched it and they kept saying, watch it, watch it, watch it. And it is so good. It's a French um, kind of dramatic comedy about a group of agents at a talent agency, a kind of small boutique talent agency, but they represent all the biggest talent in France I mean this is it, it is fictional um but every episode contains a cameo from the biggest movie stars in France and I guess French cinema in Europe is you know so what's the word so celebrated it's so brilliant it's so funny like so funny the characters are amazing you completely fall in love with them um and because it's subtitled I love that you have to kind of put your phone away and just actually really focus for an hour it's so refreshing and keeps me mm. really it makes each episode feel really long as well, which is really nice. It's something to kind of really get your teeth into. Um, there are four into that. Yeah, Heather, you'd love it. There are four seasons, six episodes in each. Absolutely loving it. So good. Mm. When I was flicking through the papers towards the end of last week um, for inspiration for the podcast, we did find a, a Daily Mail article asking what your guilty lockdown secret was um an artist um as part of a project invited members of the public to anonymously submit their guiltiest lockdown secrets and i mean they are th these go quite quite dark i'd say some of the, the highlights in the daily mail they included things like i got so fed up with my husband not making a fair contribution to our family life in lockdown i started cleaning the plug hole with his toothbrush every day he hasn't been sick yet damn um i like that one um and then somebody said i'm having passionate secret sex with another man's wife and i love it um, so as I say, they got quite up close and personal. I don't for a minute expect anyone to divulge that kind of information on podcasts. However, I will ask you if you have a lockdown, a guilty pleasure, shall we call it, in lockdown um, that you'd like to share. Tor? Before I say mine, I have to say I love the person who said they were like pretending to their other half. They were going for a jog and they went to the park bench and ate cake. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. I love that. You know what? I've been thinking about this all weekend. I want to think of something really, really fun to say. But I think obviously just really boring. But what I have been loving, and you might not think this is a guilty pleasure, but does anyone else watch or has watched Below Deck Mediterranean? <laughs> no, but I feel like one of the only people who hasn't. I haven't even seen Below Deck, although I know I'd love it if I uh, allowed myself to uh, watch it. It It is just the, the most amazing level of escapism. I think it's the combination of like looking at like nice scenery and like beaches and the water and like being on a boat. That's just great, like kind of substituting vaguely for a holiday that we're never going to get um and I did a ski season when I was in my gap year and like to me it brings back that like sense of like banter and like with your colleagues and the stupid petty fights you have and like hosting things and like making beds and cleaning loose it is so good I can't tell you like I've I binged the whole thing in about two days I'm obsessed I'm so sad it's over is it is it recent yeah, I, it must be because it's on 4OD and I know on Netflix there's like Below Deck Caribbean and there's like other ones. But yeah. I think the Mediterranean one is, it, it's definitely pre-COVID. Because sorry, the, the Below Deck on Netflix, like if you start from the beginning, is in like 2003 or something. It's really yeah, that long ago. Don't quote me on that, but you know, it's a really long time ago, yeah. The most feel-good thing. And that's that, that's kind of my, my guilty secret of the last month. Thank you for confessing. Heather? It's okay. Mine's also TV related, but not quite the same thing. Uh, and I think I might have maybe <laughs> mentioned it on the podcast last year. Year. I can't remember but 
I don't know how this has happened, but I've basically really got into watching cricket, which <laughs> I don't Helen, that's so cultured. Why do you yeah, have to not, shed with a low deck? No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. I, no. I've always hated it before and just thought it was like the most boring thing in the world. My boyfriend watches it and just like, I think ever since the World Cup, like two years ago when England won and I've just been seeing more and more games, I've like suddenly got really into it to the point where I got up earlier than my boyfriend yesterday morning so I could watch the final day of India versus England for the full day. that. <laughs> Because it's like a full day's cricket. I just sat in front of the TV watching it with the dog on my lap. Just like, what, what is it about it that you like? I don't know. <laughs> I really fancy Joss Butler, who, like, that's part of it, maybe. But yeah. also, <laughs> but I don't know. I think now I've watched a bit more of it. Like, I've kind of got to know the players a bit and kind of care about them and want them to do well and I don't know there is an element of tension to it as well like once the second half begins you're kind of like oh what's going to happen and I suppose yeah just because I'm sort of learning more about it I feel like I kind of know what's going on now probably not I don't know guilty or whatever but it's definitely shocking to me like it's something I never ever anticipated I would enjoy I mean like I don't mind like if it's on like watching it or like a bit of football but like Heather just sit on a Sunday and watch the whole match all day because yeah. Tim was watching it all day as well like that was on from like 11 to like 6 yeah (laughs) it started at 9 a.m i was watching it yeah so that's my weird lockdown revelation that is pretty weird it's really weird honestly i find it the weirdest out of everyone i think when um when life returns to normal you and you and tobe should go to like one of the one days or like the t20 that's really fun he's already booked to go with his mates i'm a bit like oh (laughs) Things have time away from me. Charlotte, do you have a secret? We no. Do you know what? I think my biggest thing is that um, we've the rhythm that suits us is that I cook and Ben cleans. But I, when I say I haven't cleaned, like I haven't, I I no longer have anything to do with like the running of the household. Like Ben stays on top of the kitchen roll, the toilet roll, the cleaning supplies. The like I I haven't filled the dishwasher. I mean in seven months eight months like he's done what about what about your washing no I do my laundry I do do my own laundry but I, and, and like you know I'll change the bed sheets or whatever if you know if, if there's that kind of job that he's doing but in terms of the kind of everyday I'm talking about kitchen specifically that I literally haven't touched a thing and I think I'll really struggle to go back to that being a shared responsibility where because Ben's basically become a house husband like he's been at home every day I mean he was obviously he's working but you know he's, it's his domain I've obviously come in and out because we were lucky enough to go back to the office for some time last year um so it still feels more like and you know he works in the kitchen and I work kind of in here and in, in the room at the back so yeah it's very much like his space so whilst I kind of provide the food I feel like a re- like we have it's not swapping roles, you know, it's not swapping traditional roles because I still cook, I guess. But the, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm quite embarrassed by how little I have to do with the polishing of the, of the space. I mean, no, I know. think, I think that's fair because yeah. he probably thinks, oh, I feel so like embarrassed. I don't have to do any cooking. Yeah. Or like, I think that's so nice that it's shared. I, I love that. I wish. And I, think, and it, it's <laughs> I like, I like cooking. He, and he he takes real pleasure out of cleaning as well. Like he loves doing it. So envious. I hate cleaning. Well, he's very mm. envious. So <laughs> I think you know it appeals to him. The, yeah, he gets very 
stressy if it's not all perfect but anyway so that's great I can even check you know if god forbid I touch the dishwasher it's not stacked mm. with that preference so I just leave him do it I don't mind because I don't like doing it but I will also feel like I probably should do it so yeah I guess that's my guilty pleasure is leaving all the clearing up always to my husband let's um move on and talk about um staying organized uh, we interviewed 10 successful women on their key to staying on top of everything those women included Connie Nam she's the founder and CEO of Astrid and Mew, a jewelry, a jewelry brand we love. Samarta, she is CEO of Red Carpet Green Dress, which is an amazing company. Chrissy Rucker, Whitney Bromberg Hawkins. I mean, really, it's an illustrious lineup of organized women. Um, so I want to know, what do you guys do to stay on top of stuff? Tour, house renovation, which is a full-time job. You have a full-time job. What do you do? How do you stay on top of things? You know, I thought I was organized and I read this feature and I was blown away by some of these women. Like their level of organization is like scary. Yeah. The founder of Sana Jardin, Amy Christensen, he says she plans her son's meals for six weeks in advance. I was like, oh my God, on an Excel document. Yeah. Wow. I, I do like a good spreadsheet and I like writing things down. I have a good old house spreadsheet, which has about 600 tabs, a wedding spreadsheet, which has about 600 tabs. But on like a personal level, I... I put a lot of things in my diary. I know this is such a time old trick, but I do even like diarize things like workouts. And when it comes to meals, I'm really organized with my cardio. And um, yeah, I think it just really helps knowing what's in the fridge and like however busy you are, there's always going to be like healthy stuff to hand, which, you know, creates a cycle of just like feeling better about yourself and wanting to be organized and being productive and et cetera, et cetera. I, um, I listened to a podcast this weekend on um, Hodge, um, on her recommendation, um, our show manager, and it is called um, The High Performance Podcast. It's with Jake Humphrey. Do you know who I mean? He's a sports presenter, but he started out on like CBBs back in the day. Yeah, I know who you mean, yeah. And uh, the, so him and a, uh, he works with a professor called Damien Hughes, who's a psychologist and or a psych- psychoanalyst. You know, don't quote me exactly what he is, but you know, some kind of... Somebody brain expert brain expert exactly something like that um and they interview again like high functioning people really successful people on on how they are successful and um i listened to matthew mcconaughey um on this podcast this weekend and um at all, he was basically saying exactly that that like if one thing is out of whack kind of health wise then everything else goes to shit he was like if i'm starting to feel whatever it is stressed or you know i'm headachy or you know like things are going wrong i take a step back and say am i eating right did you get enough sleep you know have i done a workout have i had fresh air and and I have, you know, you have to recalibrate all those things before you can even think about everything else going well. Interesting. Heather, what uh, what about you? How do you stay organised? Yes, yeah, kind of similar to tour, to be honest. I don't know, maybe it's to do with like being writers or something when our jobs just like involve lots and lots of different things and having to research stuff constantly. But yeah, kind of lists are my thing. I've got, um, you know, a thing on um, IMAX called Stickies, which look like post-it notes that you can have on your computer. So I have those all. Uh, What? Yeah, and they're just kind of always on your screen if you want them up there. And I've got like one for stuff we're doing at the weekends to do with the flat stuff. One for like, yeah, what I've ordered online food-wise and what days we need to eat it by. One for you know, spending between us that we need to make sure we spent the same amount, like loads of boring stuff, to be honest, but I've got like one for different things. You put food expiration dates on those post-it notes? No, 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 no. But then I work out like, right, this is the food we've got in for this week. And like, then I work out what we're having on what day based on, yeah, I'm not like, obviously it needs to be eaten for the fifth. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, they're just like, yeah, what are we going to eat? 
stuff that needs to be done. And then I've got one for obviously work as well. And like every day what I'm going to do. And then I've got a separate spreadsheet for work as well with like which features I'm going on, what day, like what stage you're at, who I've interviewed, when they've got back to me, when it's written, when it's, when the images are in. Cause I just, I think, yeah, just, well, with everyone's side, there's just so much going on. I think unless it's kind of written down somewhere. So I'm a real pen and paper person. Like I, my to-do list is, I have to write it down and physically tick it off. Yeah. I, it, I'm all for a spreadsheet for kind of the macro. Yeah, like bigger tart. Yeah, like, yeah, in macro, yeah. It has to be, it has to be on pen and paper at all. What about you? Yeah, I write my to-do list down. And actually, Heather, I know things change, but I get like a weird satisfaction. Like later, like now when we finish this, I will like start a new list and be like one, like what I need to do by the end of the day, like start again. I make yeah, lots of like little lists in the day. And my list is hopefully getting smaller unless there's some emails waiting for me that suggest otherwise. So I find that quite satisfying. <laughs> I've also started like d- doing, I do like a master to-do list, which is like, for me, like I mean, work-wise. So for me, then that would all be like, show sl gold man yeah and then i like hone in on specifics per yeah for every day and then that big list and because and then i can add into those sections and stuff as the week Mm. um otherwise a bit like as you say heather then the list just goes all over the place yeah it can get a bit wild the lady in this feature anna barris brown she's the co-founder of shine for women um and i don't know if you guys read hers but like my god hers is very complicated based system she thinks she kind of divvies her tasks into three different um chips that like blue red and white as if it was a casino and blue are precious she says blue chips are the most precious red is somewhere in the middle and white chips are huge but less valuable so blue are things that are like really important to her success as a, you know as a mother or a leader or whatever so it's you know you know making sure she has important meetings and then red chips are things that you need to do to get the blue chips done so it's so she even puts like being active on linkedin as one of those and then white is things that she can basically delegate. So like making appointments or posting on social media. I mean, not all of us can delegate them. But anyway, I just thought it was really fascinating. Delegating was booking holidays and cooking, which I'd love to do. I know. It would be lovely to be able to delegate these things. But I guess it's... It's importance or business. It's interesting to see how um, somebody at that level... Yeah keep every all the balls juggling in there tim does that as well it's got like a name and he like every day he like writes his paper and four and he does exactly that not with like chips but it's like and there's like different categories so clever i've heard of people doing that yeah really there, there is science behind it the eisenhower matrix is also referred to as urgent important matrix helps you decide on and prioritize tasks by urgency and importance sorting out less urgent important tasks as well so there's yeah Essentially, things you should do first, so really important. Then it's like schedule, important, but not so urgent. Then it's like what you can delegate. And then it's like what isn't urgent or important. So you like really could be done like a Thursday or Friday. Okay. Love that. I might do that. Yeah, because every week you can really like plot things out, I think. I can like visually, if you like writing things out, I think it'd be quite nice to... Well, see that and also you know you, you can write down your whole to-do list and be so overwhelmed by things and then actually you know you can if you actually boil it down you it's not as stressful as you think because exactly you might be doing this on a Monday and it doesn't need to be done till Friday so exactly I'm gonna steal that the Eisenhower what make the Eisenhower matrix, Eisenhower matrix. okay good tip um all right well, it's you- very scary yeah, very scary but also very clever um if you're looking for more tips on um, how to stay organized then definitely have a look at the features we wrote on the site um i think we will leave it there thank you so much both um and thank you for listening too if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at sheerlax.com we love hearing from you don't forget also to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye this is what renting furniture with feather looks like pieces that fit your style and your space 
and costs less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com.